Welcome to the Next Generation Podcast. You're with Wazza and you're with Dan as well. How you going, buddy? Not too bad, mate. Taking a great scalp. Not every day you beat the reigning premiers, so good times ahead, I'd say. Yes, uh, buckle in for the show tonight, guys, because it's going to be a good one. We're going to have a lot to talk about about the game, um, and there's a lot of different things we're going to try out tonight. Uh, before we get into the footy, I just want to thank Darren Giddos for helping us out with some segment um, voiceovers and that, so hopefully they sound all right. Um, we'll get quickly into the tipping from the Next Generation um, Facebook page and the Go Footy Facebook page. We do a joint tipping. Drew Darby's gone back-to-back with round wins and now sits on top of the ladder and JB second. Shell 88 is third. Nick Nat Hearn is a nice guy. He's fourth and Raj is fifth. So um, if you're in the tipping competition, make sure you get that in every week, guys, because there is some prizes being donated um, just want to give a brief call out again to some of our other fellow podcast listeners, uh, the Go Footy podcast. We're doing a joint one with them in the next couple of weeks, so hope you join in on that one. Um, you got the Eagles back chat one. They haven't uploaded theirs yet, have they? They are actually seen on Instagram that they've uh, put a little Q- bit of video in, so it'll be out tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. big cue stick, yeah. Yeah, I think they copied us. If you have a look yeah. at our Instagram, I think we got ours up first. <laughs> yeah, I think I did beat them. <laughs> and um, you got the Winging It Boys, the new boys on the block, as they call themselves, and they're doing a bit different. They do a live podcast on Facebook, so give them guys a listen. Anyway, we'll get into the footy. We're going to get to the medical room, as we always do, straight up. We always hit with the injuries. Um, there's some exciting news. They've actually put a date on Eric McKenzie, and it could be three to four weeks. So that's probably the game after the buy. So that's a good thing to hear. Mate, this is like, I don't think people, they underestimate how great a thing this is. Because we've spoken about Scold before as being insurance. Now... The subject on everyone's mouth recently is his gov going, his gaff staying. Right. If Eric McKenzie gets right this year at 29 and then we have Scoey, another insurance player down back, they're our defensive players. That means Barras is no longer our number one defender. He's our intercept marker. So that helps cover in the loss if we did lose Gov as I say every time Touchwood I don't want to lose him but this one it just blew me out the water when I seen this I thought that's some of the best news I think Eagles have had in a long time and I think that actually flew under the radar yep it did um, Liam Ryan my male was right he's going to be playing he's ready for the game after the bye he could play now um, I'm not going to say anymore but he could play now they're not going to play him so it's good. That's good he's coming back. Hamish Brayshaw has had a bit of a slip-up from what I've heard, so it's still two weeks away before he even gets a go. Vardy and Petricelli should be playing at the Waffle this week at East Perth. And Venables is still six weeks away. Shuey, I've heard, is good, but they might wait until after the buy. Well, Shuey and Yo's 50-50. I've heard Yo's ready to go. He well, twisted his knee. Well, I heard 50-50, but let's be honest, statistically that means at least one's going to play if we're going to play the mathematical game. If but we could out, have them both in. Let's hope they're both in. If the, yeah, exactly. that's a big loss, man. Oh, that is a huge loss. I'm going to talk about Yo later But on. let's be honest, uh, we've had big outs, and we've seemed to recover. We seem to bring someone in, plays their role, and we just 
keep the ball rolling, so I to speak. I reckon he'd be our biggest out for the year. Biggest out? You would yep. have him over Gov, you'd have him over Nick Nanui, yep. you would have him over Josh Kennedy? Yep. Because he's our barometer. Oh, I wouldn't. And um, uh, what I'll say later on, back up what I'm talking about, but we'll leave that until we get into the game. Just, just, just because I... From what I just said, that's not me underrating Yo. He's one of my favourite oh, yeah. players. I think he's this. I just think that there's players like Redden, that there's Gaff, there's Hutchings, these players, even Maston, have come in and improved. And, um, yeah, so I'm thinking a mid- we could cover a midfield. Uh, we'll, one we'll get into our new segment. Here we go. It's the final siren. So, yeah, West Coast, they uh, ran out convincing winners in the end. 20 goals, 10, 130 to Richmond, 12 goals, 11, 83. Well, do we have to go through all the goals? Uh, Darling got six, Kennedy three, Lacroix three, Cripps two, Redden two. And for Richmond, it was basically a lone man in Rewald who kicked five. He didn't really have much help up the front there. Um, there was no injuries except for Yo in the second quarter with his right knee. And it was our biggest crowd, 57,616. Yep. But Rewalt uh, and Yo both came on. They both had injury scares, just came off quickly. But, um, yeah, we'll touch on Darling later because, I mean, such a star player. He deserves his own segment. But you just... Kennedy, three goals. Lacroix, three goals. Cripps, two goals. And someone I've been raving about for some time, Redden... What do you have? 23, 24, I suppose, and then two goals in the yeah. midfield? I it's had just, him in my top three, so... We're not going to poll well in the brown line. I'm telling you right now. The only one I could see polling well would be Darling because we're just such an even-spread side. Now... Just before you go anywhere, yeah. Brownlow, you said to Brownlow, I'd rather have a team of champions than one champion for the year. So to me, the Brownlow, I don't really care about. I reckon at that proves how consistent we are. When you've got one player, like, just say Fire, for instance, at Fremantle, yeah. he's going to poll a lot of the votes, but look where the team is. He's playing great, but is the rest of the team? No. All right. I guarantee if you asked a Freo supporter if they could give up Fife's Brownlow medal for some premiership success, they would jump on that. And I've actually forgot to mention on the injury list, so I'm so glad you mentioned that. Um... I'll call this across the river because I'll just touch on Fife very briefly. Um, and it's not great news. You're too nice saying across the river. Across the river, yeah. I'm saying the shithole. The shithole, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want to be too tough on them. No, I want this to be, yeah. But And Sally, he hasn't done his ACL. He hasn't done his PCL. But he, he's got ligament damage in his knee. Now, this isn't going to... This is, isn't going to cause an ACL injury. But what's happening is his ligaments are shifting as he's playing. So it's affecting his game crucially. Uh, Free supporters that are watching him play will see him dominate a quarter because it doesn't hurt him at all. It's fine. And then all of a sudden it like clicks and it shifts and it moves. And then his impact is hugely impeded. That's why some games people are like, oh, he's being tagged well this game. He's not being tagged well. Five can break any tag. It's because his knee is giving him trouble. And that is just so horrible. And the only reason it reminded me was we just talked about Brownlow's. But that just has opened up the Brownlow race. Because for me, he was the favourite. Dusty's not having a good year. 
Danger's not having a good year. Mitchell from Hawks is getting so heavily tagged now after getting huge numbers where he won't be polling well. And now Fife's got this knee injury, sadly. And it's it's bad time for Frio because they're not playing great footy. They're not playing bad footy, but they are actually on the cusp. And I'll just... One last thing on Frio while we're on them because it's a predominantly... It's an Eagles show. Now... I heard an interview with Sean McManus. I actually love the guy, even though he never played for my team. Now, he's brought up the stat that Frio is the worst defensive side in their forward 50 in the comp and has the least amount of tackles in their forward 50 in the comp. Now, he's gone up to Ross Lyon and said, you've got to stop playing a loose backman and that backman style because the game's changed and you're not being able to lock it in your forward 50 you're the worst in the comp for it. And he just said, we don't do that. And that was the end of the conversation. But the stats prove that's exactly what's happening there. Ross Lyon hasn't changed his uh, coaching mantra in eight, nine years. So. Well, yeah, but I'm not a f- fan of players like Matera. But if you, ha- did, if you had even numbers in that forward 50, Matera could bring at least that tackling game to, to yeah. that side. But that's enough of them. Yeah, I, I just wanted to touch on that. No, that's cool. Yeah. But we'll get back to the game. Um, look, we'll go over it in bits. Like Richmond, their final quarters, they've always been... They've won every final quarter for this year, except against Eagles. And Eagles just demolished them. Um, but then it flipped over the other way. The Eagles have owned the second terms all year, and we got smashed in the second term. And if it wasn't for the way we'd kick, and we would have probably been further behind. We ended up being even at the long break. Um and they had 23 inside 50s in the second quarter to our four. That's how dominant they were. Um, and they ended up still having 13 more inside 50s for the match. We talk about this momentum shifting games all the time, don't we? It's just when it, you have momentum, you need to capitalise. But just our game style, I am in love with our game style. And it was a throwaway comment you made. And I don't even know if you remember it right at the beginning. Remember when you talked about these short kicks? Like, if you can hand pass 15 metres, just hand pass it and run on. Because that used to be the game style. Yep. We don't do that anymore. We kick. And I think that could be a Sam Mitchell influence on it the coaching. And it denies, but, it denies a, a team like Richmond yeah. to apply the pressure that they do because they do a handballing game. And if you're handballing, yeah. it's play on, they apply the pressure. If you kick and mark, they can't apply the pressure. But th- this is where these two stats I'll read out now. And again, we'll go into these plays in a bit more depth later. Jack Darling is the number one contested mark in the comp. Yeah, 30 Num- marks. Yep. Number two is Gov, who's missed a game at 23, 23 marks. 23. And third? So, who is third? Rewalt with 20. Rewalt. I did actually know that. I, was, I, I thought you had me with an Eagles one. I was like, what's another Eagles? No. But it just goes to show that we're playing a kicking style and we've got these great contested markers. And I think that has a lot to do with why. Right now, and I'm making sure we are the greatest side in the AFL right now. The best yeah. side in the AFL right now. And we now. will talk about being the best side later on in Under the Pump. So I hope you stay around and listen to that. Uh, look, let's touch on Darling a bit. He was simply unstoppable. He was unbelievable. That's probably his career best, I think it was, for six goals. Uh, seven contested marks. Um, yeah, 15 marks all up. He took Rance away from the contest. He took him deep. Um He's second in the Coleman, three less than Ben Brown. He's second for score involvement, 77. Um, yeah, he's 
He's just a complete player. In the last four weeks, he'd probably be the most informed player in the competition. Well, getting back to Brownlow, this is where I find this is so comical because the Brownlow medal is ideally a midfielder's medal. It's not, but realistically it is. But he, in the last four weeks, would be best on ground, bar maybe red and stealing votes from him, because he is just that influential. Yeah. The GWS game, he dominated early, but then what we did is, we're like, you're running right, you're taking these marks. We pushed him up to the wing and on the half back. He was our link player towards the end of that game, and it almost helped us run away with that game. He's just so versatile, he has such a good tank, and his contested marking is the best I, I've seen well, he hasn't dropped many marks, if he's dropped any this year, um, and that's a difference to his game. And he's always going to be remembered for that grand final little hiccup yep. and the elimination little hiccup. And even people in Melbourne, they're starting to turn around and goes, well, we've got to forget about that because that's what happens to players. Everyone has a... It's an isolated incident. Um, he's starting to get noticed. We've noticed it for the last four or five years. He's 25 years of age and... He's hitting his peak now, yep. and you know it's it's almost. I don't want to put him in the same bracket as Wayne Carey, but Wayne Carey, when he went for the ball and grabbed it, he grabbed it, and that's what Jack's doing. You're not the first one that's made that comment, and a lot of Victorians are making that comment. They haven't seen a player played that style of footy as since Carey. They haven't. They've had lead up forwards. They've had fancy forwards. They've had Steve Johnson's with their trick shots, but they have not had this great contested mark. And you look at his contested marks. He's marking it two against one. He's not just marking it one-on-one. He's beating two opponents to do it. It's just amazing. And we, we talk about this improvement all over the ground, all over the board, but Darling's just amazing. And I've always stuck up for him because he's a 40-goal-a-year player, and that doesn't grow on trees. And forty goals a year, he oh. is not even close to this year. He, he's going to he'll get between fifty sixty. I would oh, not yeah. be surprised. Yeah. And um, look, let's touch on some of the other guys. Kennedy, as we said, he slotted three. He's become basically the second in line now. <laughs> um, Lacroix just rejuvenated his career. Um, he kicked that nice one from fifty. That was brilliant. Uh, Elliot Yo. Now, to me, he was. Our barometer in the game. He was in the first quarter. He had about six, seven touches. Went off in the second. We got smashed. As soon as he's come back on, it was like the Elliot Yo show. He just lifted. It was unbelievable. He was carrying an injury. And to play like that, that was just absolutely brilliant. Um, if, if you had um, Darling not kick the six goals, Elliot Yo would have been best on ground. And just um, look at the tackles he did on Martin. Yeah, no, I would agree and with that. I think I, had, I think I had your best, second best on game himself. Andrew Gaff didn't really even get in the votes on our page anyway. Had another um, 24 disposals. 24 disposals. Goal. Goal. Took a, what a ripper mark that he yeah. took. Um, and Shannon Hearn just doing everything as he does. Leads from yeah. the back, being the captain composed. And Jerry McGovern, um, nine marks in defence. He was just absolutely brilliant. He um, carved them up. And he, it, the, Richmond played into McGovern's game plan. It, yeah. just, it was like, oh, let's kick it. Oh, let's kick it to McGovern because he was everywhere. Again, we're just getting into this this mindset where 
we're not relying on one player. It's so widespread. And we started off that quick conversation with our midfielders. Imagine when Ryan slots back in, mate. <laughs> it's going to be great. You're kicking two, three goals. People like he, he might need waffle games. He might not. He's not. I don't think... He's not a child... He's not a young player. He's a mature age player. I'd bring him Sometimes back in. I would too. Um, if, if, if there's a spot for if him. If there's a spot. Yeah. Now, um, heaven forbid, the only way you get into the Eagles team now is by injury. Yep. And that's the only way I can see breaking into the team. A lot of people are saying, oh, I'll still drop Hutchings. But Hutchings okay. did a great job on Martin. He, Martin's still got his 26 disposal, but he wasn't damaging. And uh, he, he wore him down... He got picked off once or twice. The thing that annoyed me with that contest was it was a shared thing between Yo. It wasn't like one of them played on him. Yeah, they switched up. And he only had 26 disposals. I I think you said he had an all right game. To me, he didn't. We, people talked about the free kick count. We had five holding the balls against Dustin Martin. Yeah. We tackled him five times and he got pinned for that. So that's where a lot of that differential came from. That doesn't happen with Dustin Martin. So that was good. And did Cochin have a great game? I didn't see Cochin impact at because all. Because I think Hutchings played a lot more on Cochin than he did on Yo. Um, Martin, look, I was watching Martin because I'm, I'm one of his biggest fans. And yep. when he got the ball and he didn't get tackled, Every kick went to somebody, and he's usually his efficiency is pretty low. Yeah, higher than normal, even though he got tackled five times. He was, he was 60, in the high 60s, yeah. The um, si- 60s isn't great. I liked it 70, but, about but yeah, yes, but 60 for a contested possession yeah. play is not bad. Um, um, let's touch on uh, Jake Waterman. Um, he's coming to the sign, people are sitting there going, How's he gonna find a spot? He's taken that extra tour forward at the Eagles and made it his own. He had um, only 11 possession, but six of them were involvements in goals. And he, he, he just imposes himself down yeah. there. And when he hasn't got the ball, he's taking his player out of the zone. All right, this is going to sound very funny. Waterman, part of my language is pissing me off. He was the player. I thought, he'll be in and out the side. He'll allow us to blood other players. He'll be in and out. But he's playing such good footy. You could not drop him. No. Even if he's not impacting the scoreboard, as you said, the work around, we may not see Brander because Waterman's form is that good. Um, when Liam Ryan first got injured, they're like, are they too tall? Do they need to drop Waterman? You can't drop him. He's playing that good a footy. So I say that tongue-in-cheek where I say this is But he's just... These young players are coming in and they're just playing such good football that they're submitting a spot. Even Rioli, he's, statistically his numbers aren't huge, but he's doing great tackles. He's doing great bumps. But I thought he was just a small forward pocket. They're playing him a lot in the midfield. He's yep. getting clearances as well. This is such a versatile young player that's getting better with every game. So these young players, you can't drop them. And um, who's just... got? We, we're, it sounds horrible. We're relying on injuries to get new players in. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Uh, before we finish talking about this game, I just want to say if there are Richmond fans that happen to listen to this tonight, um, don't despair because you've got 14 games that... Um, the MCG, so you're going to win a bulk of them. Um, what you need to do is stop going with Grig as your second ruckman because that's what's going to expose you. Because that's what exposed you in the game. Nick Natanui, he was laughing when he was coming up with Grig, and it was it was 
like a comedy show and it was free gold just from that so you need to look at that um eagles are bucking the trend playing two rucks are playing three tours and and maybe we'll tell you that you don't have to do what last year's premiers did to get to the top no the the game has changed it changes yearly and it Always has changed does. again now they're saying you need two rucks they're saying it. They're saying the dominant teams now are using two rucks. And not only that, it's as we said before, it's a kicking style of game. Two years ago, it was a very handballing style of game, like when uh, dogs were in there. But just quickly, I got this message before from a Richmond supporter, and I just, I, I thought it was lovely, so I'd just like to read yeah, it read out, it. okay? So Dawn Hayden messaged me this, okay, today. Hi, couldn't post on your wall as I'm a Tigers member, but wanted to let your members know the highlight of yesterday's game for me, sitting just behind the Richmond cheer squad in a whole block of Tigers supporters with my kids yesterday. My highlight was every single time I heard a cheer for the Tigers. Four seats down, I also heard a little five-year-old voice full of heart and passion yell, Go the Eagles! I love that. Just passion from the young kid. But, yeah. Now, that's footy. Brought a smile to my face every time. The lady with him kept apologising. But as I said to her, no apology needed. I know members of some clubs can get annoyed but never understand why they carry on. Some could learn a lesson or two from our kids. The fire in his belly really made my day. It was too cute. I heard it from both teams yesterday. A bit disappointing. Adults sniggering at kids, commenting but this was just to show that it all adults do the same. A little of his heart and passion, how much enjoyable the game would be. Win or lose, that was what makes footy. You have one great little supporter there. Then she goes on, if he ever jumps ship, I will no doubt buy him a Tigers Guernsey. A well-won game by the Eagles and a well and basically just recommended the crowd then. I just thought that was a beautiful touch. And that was coming from a Tiger supporter. And I can vouch for the Tiger supporters because I know some people that are up in there and they come over and that. And um, I went up and, you know, you have a bit of a conversation with some of the Richmond supporters and that. And I find them some of the best to get along with. They're they're not arrogant. You know, they take it as it was. You know, they've subjected to 37 years of pain for Christ's sake, you know. So um, I uh, thought that was a beautiful message, but... I think they're the most arrogant bloody supporters <laughs> because they had 37 years of pain. They probably had success. But um, I just think that goes to show people aren't necessarily great people. You get a group of people together, they're not all going to be great people. Oh, there's always so going to be one that ruins for e- every, Everyone's going to point at each other's supporters, but every supporter has them. Yeah. Um, but I just thought that was a nice touch, and I, I just wanted to share that. All right, we'll move on now, and let's go on to our next segment. Revolving door. All the stats that matter at the Royals. All right, the boys at East Perth, they suffered a massive loss on uh, the weekend to South Fremantle by 68 points. So um, there was a bit of a turn up because they've won the last three or four on the trot. Um, We'll go quickly through all the stats. So Ainsworth, um, he had two goals, 27 disposals, nine marks, three tackles. on the Next Generation uh, discussion page, his mum's even a bit proud. She's voiced up to a bit today. It's lovely nice lady and sounds just like such a lovely family. They really do. Yeah, and I'd be proud of my son if, 
you know, for that as well. And, you know, that picture that's got him soaked in Gatorade, how good is that picture? That picture's great. And I'd it, have that hung up on my wall. It's just funny because outside looking in, I don't think she realises how much respect the Eagle supporters have for this player and how highly we actually rate this player. We think he's going to be a star of the future. Yeah, I reckon he will be. Um, another star, one of my favourites um, in the future, will be England. He um, had one goal, 12 disposals. Matty Allen, one goal, 21 disposals, 10 marks. Partington, he's sticking to his average of 23 disposals. Nelson, 19. Uh, Watson, 17. McGuinness, 35 hitouts again. He's been imposing there in the ruck. Rotham, 12 disposals, sitting in that back pocket. So I don't know where he sits in the grand scheme of things. Uh, Bayok, from what I heard, didn't have as much game time as what he could have had. He had 10 disposals. Brander had probably his quietest game for the year, but that happens when you get beaten by 12 goals. Um, and Schofield was on a high in the first quarter and then did his hammy sees out for three to four weeks. Yeah, that's And so Ryan good. Burrows played reserves again. So I don't know where that sits with Ryan Burrows playing reserves. Um, maybe that's why I was rookie listed to see how it goes. Yep. But um, like we said before, we touched on it. Um, I don't know how these guys are going to get into the team with um, unless it's an injury. The revolving door is a very funny one this year. Uh, this year, sorry, this week, because I, I honestly feel Yo's going to play, and I honestly feel Shuey's going to play as well. I'd be surprised if they didn't. So you say Shuey, right? So who goes out for Shuey? See, this is where it kills me, right? Because it'll be, in my view, Archie. But the thing that hurts with Archie is he has a great set of hands, and um, someone missed confused what I said that by like handball we all know he's going to he's marks I don't know if anyone's noticing he doesn't fumble the marks he grabs that mark one grab he doesn't fumble it and grab it on the second go and I love that and I'm thinking that's a good sign of a future contested midfielder when he can take these marks one grab Um, and I would like to see him get a few more games but realistically we've said it before AFL is a business Shuey is an upgrade to Archie, so then Shuey comes in. Yep. Um, yeah, that's the only one I can see. Um, look, Cole did his role on the weekend. I didn't think he was extra special, but he didn't do anything bad either. So he did his job. Yeah. So um, I, I think he keeps his spot. I don't I don't think the backman had too much to worry no. about when you had Gov just intercept marking. We just kept intercept marking and rebounding yeah. out of there. I think... Um, Richmond commented on the amount of goals we got from actually our backline rebounding. Um, it's weird that every week you sit there. We've had eight on the trot, which is pretty good. Uh, not yep. many teams do it. And you when you have eight in a trot, you have the same 22 every yep. week. We haven't. We've changed every week, okay. which is, to me, a really good thing. We brought in four players from last week, and it was like nothing... You know, it was just nothing changed. Doing the that's role, what I said. The, the role, and similar to what I said with Yo. Yo's a massive out, but the way we're playing, it's a role someone could fill that role and we could still play well. Um, now I saw, and this this really surprised me. And I don't know from me, they had an injury ladder. Now you've obviously got these teams that decimate up right at the top, but for games missed, we're actually in the middle. 
So we haven't got this fit squad, even though we're top of the ladder, best percentage, winning the most games, and the greatest team right now because we've played the greatest teams and we've beaten them, best record, haven't lost away, these things, you would assume we would be bottom of the injury ladder because we would have had no injuries. But as you just said, we are shopping and changing. We are having these ankle injuries. We're not fielding our best 22 every week. But yet we just... Getting the job done, like yeah, it's good, and that's that, that's good. So that shows you the depth that, like, I think you've touched on it many times last year. The depth just probably wasn't there, or if it was there, but they were injured themselves. So yeah, that that one hundred percent that was a big thing I was sticking with because Watson was in a moon boot the whole year. Basically, yeah, you had Rioli, you had Venables, yep. you had Waterman. Now they were the recruits we needed to come in, you know, and. They just, they weren't there. And now they're stepping up and doing the job. Exactly. And, and, and we're reaping got, the rewards. I've got confidence in them. Oh, well, let's get on to the Hawks, eh? Uh, before we get on the Hawks, since we are backtracked a bit to that uh, next episode where we talked about that, uh, do you remember something uh, Steve Parks might have said? No. Ref- no. He said we could finish top four. Yes, he did. Yes, yes, he did. He called and it. We and we sort of like mocked him and laughed. I didn't mock him. I said it was, I think most of us mocked him. Yeah. But I said top four possible, but I had us around the same position in the eight or fighting outside the eight for that spot. Um, and he just had faith in the draft, in these injured players, and he's right. We are it's long, not over yet, but we look like a top four side. And if you're at the ground on the weekend, you would have seen in between some goals. Um, mate, I need to... Doing the little jig. Mate, I need to hit him up on his dancing moves, mate. <laughs> you know, just Saturday night fever, mate. Saturday night fever. Uh, Parker, you're going to become the new cult figure at the Eagles if they keep playing that, mate, I tell you. So I'd be wearing that um, Nick Nat Nui dreaded thing and get ready to sign some autographs, buddy. Anyway, let's get on to the Hawks. It's bounce down. All right, we play uh, the Hawks at Etihad, and it's surprising that we've only played them once there in the whole time of the competition. Now it's in 2013, and we won. No, they won by 20 points um, in the dying minutes of the game. Um, there's no game on at MCG. That's what I was just about to a, say to you, was I? Um, I find it. Yeah, it's just it's a joke, um, but we'll probably touch on that more in under the pump. Um, look, it's a winnable game. We have to win. Let's go over the Hawks injury list before we get into going about the game. Grant Birchall's out for six weeks. Heavily, he's still two weeks. I can't even pronounce his other guy's name, so I've never even heard of him. i got Dylan Moore out for two weeks. Yago Mira, he'll probably come back in, the Hawks have already said. Um, Ciro Rioli, now he's the one that killed us last year. Um, he's out for four weeks still with a medial ligament. And Danny, uh, not Danny, Frawley. Frawley the, in the back line, he was a late withdrawal last week. He's a test, so it's going to be touch and go to see if he turns up. Well, for, even if it's a test, he won't be fit, so let Starling run him around. Um, and, and you look at the players that just we go back to last year when we played them and got smashed because, don't forget, they were coming off a massive hiding last year. Yep. And pretty similar to this week, they got smashed by the Lions. So this isn't going to be an easy game. Um, but the players that were good for that game were virtual, he's out, and Rioli, he's out. 
They were two yeah. of the best players, and they they smashed us in all areas last time. So we weren't the same team. Yeah, we last weren't the same. Year. That's um, different. But but I was very arrogant last week. Uh, a lot of people recall I said I had no fear of Tigers because Tigers aren't a great side. They're a good side that plays good at the MCG, and that's all they are. Um, we'll touch on that again later. I feel like I say that a lot, but Hawks. I fear the Hawks a bit. Hawks play great footy against Eagles. They did it in the 90s. They did it in the early 2000s. And they did it late 2000s. They've done it recently. There's something about the Hawks. I don't actually... In, I love beating them, but I don't enjoy playing yeah, them. They match up good on us. Um, it's going to be interesting. You've got a bogey side, and that's our yeah. bogey side. They, they match up good on us, and... It's going to be interesting because we play similar game plans yeah. and with Sam Mitchell now. Yeah. You can tell we're playing that Hawthorne style where you go along the boundaries, kick it, try and deny the other team possession of the ball. Yeah. Uh, Hawthorne won four grand finals playing that brand of footy. Yeah. Now, it's going to be interesting this week how this unfolds. Do who Does it, somebody change it up or do both teams go and play that same brand of footy? And it's going to be a massive shootout. Okay, so these are the things I think we have on them. We touched on earlier, teams have woken up to now, and I think Adelaide do the same. And I think Brisbane's starting to do the same now too. You play to Ruckman. Eagles have been doing it for years. They're working out. You play to Ruckman. Well, Hawthorne will play too. They'll have McAvoy and they'll have Segler come back in. Segler. But they're not that great. McAvoy's all right, actually. I don't mind him. But But they're they're not that great. So I think our two Ruckman will have them there. I think O'Meara coming out back with a calf. Just because a player's coming back doesn't mean he's going to be starring. Eagles are a side that will go very defensive on a player where a Collingwood won't. A Collingwood let Sam, um, not called Sam Mitchell, Tom Mitchell off the hook, he got 40 disposals. Eagles aren't going to let that happen. I reckon if Hutchings plays, Hutchings will go straight on him because Mitchell hasn't got this explosive pace. He hasn't got this X factor Dusty has. He's he's a ball accum- accumulator. Yep. So Hutchings, yes, that's exactly right. So Hutchings would sit on him. So I think that's what's going to do better. And I don't think Roughhead. Roughhead's a great player, but his best has passed him. I think our back line will just do it. The one player I think we need to worry about is Isaac Smith. I think he's actually flying a little bit under the radar side, but I think and boost our yeah Bruce he, he can, but you know like I said, uh, Bruce similar. is kind of player to me when their team plays good, he plays good. Yeah, I don't think he's one that he can step up and win the game himself. There is a player that you haven't mentioned, and depends on where he plays, but Gunston can win a game on his own boot. Gunston two and years... he's playing good football at the moment. He, he is, but Gunston two years ago and Gunston now, he's the same player. Was so it he's playing a different th- position. Three years ago, he was an All-Australian forward. Forward, but now he's playing as a back. Because he couldn't kick goals anymore. He's He was shot. They didn't think, oh, he'll be good at back. He, he couldn't kick the goals. His conversion rate disappeared. It was similar to a main from Fremantle back in the day where he couldn't miss. Yep. And then all of a sudden he couldn't hit the side of a barn door. Um, it's going to be an ga- interesting game. I, uh, this, gonna, this is a very interesting I, game to me, mate. You said, very word, interesting. you said the word fear. I actually think this is a bigger test than the Richmond. Yeah. All right, and I've said it all along, and 
we've got two other tests coming up after this that are even bigger than this. Now, if we can go into that, and I think I touched it on, on it with you and Big Tom, yep. if we can win two or even three of those, it's top two. Mm. But if not, if we, we can drop them. We've got six more games at home. You win those six games at home, we're going to finish top four. Simple uh, as that. Did we're, Adelaide win 14 games to finish top on the ladder last year? No, 15. 15. So, but if we won our home games, all our home games, which pretty much you're going to pencil in six, you're, that's 14 wins. Yep. Um, you get a couple away from home, it puts you in the top bracket. And so that's what we've got to be aiming for. But I'm going to touch on it in the next segment, what we're going to do. Yep. And um, like I said, it's a fear and it's something we've got to overcome. And yeah. until then, the people are going to say. I'm not fear like I'm terrified this side. I just, I meant that as more. I had no fear for Richmond. I was confident. I think I underestimated the win. I think I said 36. Um, yeah, you did, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Because they're not that great a side. They're a good Melbourne side. And I'm stopping that there because I keep saying things that well, I'm talking about later. I, I should but, listen to my son. But my Hawks son. are a little bit different with yeah. us. Hawks always play well against the Eagles and they match up well. But we're a different side, so I'm hoping to get the one. But a funny thing is, if Rioli, if we win on this weekend, Rioli has the record for most consecutive wins for Rioli. Oh, that's good. Did well, you know that? So. That's yeah, nine, I read some of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I think he's actually drawed with cereal, with cereal still, at the moment, but he still gets the record. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah my son said, "Oh, Richmond will get beaten by forty-nine points. We beat him by forty-seven. He did and better I, than I did." And I went like, "Geez!" And he said, "This week, yeah, we'll beat the Hawks by twenty-four. Yeah. So, margin and tips, mate. Who is going to win? I oh, reckon yeah. Eagles, yeah. Ooh. I reckon Eagles, but I reckon it's going to be low 20s. I'll go 23. Oh, all right. We're ready. Here comes the big. You do this every week. Up. I am going to go for the Eagles. I like it. How much? 11 points. 11 points. I just think it's, it's going to be close. Game too. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, and I think it's going to just go back and forward. And But... In saying that, I wouldn't be surprised. And I hope they would just come out and smash them. I hope we smash them. But because I just find it very ironic. Last week, we played the reigning Premiers, a team everyone was talking up over in Victoria, not here. And now we're playing a team that's not even in the top eight. And you and I are both saying it's going to be a closer game and a harder game. I think that just goes to show the impact Vic Media has and... They almost have a false outlook on this, and that's why I love this show, and that's why I want more people to get onto it, because I swear we cut through the bullshit. Yep. All right, well, let's get on to the, our next segment and our last segment for the show. So it's winding on, so we don't want to keep you going too much longer. Under the pump. All right, we're at the exciting part, or maybe the controversial parts of the show. Um, we sort of touched on this in little bits tonight. My under the pump is about the Eagles. Now, it's not a good thing and it's not a bad thing. It's just something that's a fact that we're playing good footy and we've beaten Sydney. Oh, we haven't beaten Sydney, but we've beaten Geelong. We've beaten Port. We've beaten Richmond. And we've beaten GWS. We haven't lost away. Still, the Victorian media, and I don't care what they think, 
it'll change next week or it won't. Um, until we beat somebody like Hawthorne in Melbourne, they're not going to give us the respect that we deserve. Um, and it's a fact. Um, we can like it or we can lump it, but that's a fact. So I'm hoping for our sake that the Eagles just go out there this week and show the rest of Australia how friggin' good we are. And if that sounds a bit arrogant, I'm just enjoying. I'm enjoying the way they play football. They're just hitting it. They're they're enjoying it. They're, as you said, they're the best team this year, and they are. I don't care where they win. You you've got to play a team, and you've got to beat that team that's presented to you, and you've got to play them wherever it's played. But when Victorian teams sit there and they're playing 14, 15 games at the G or 14 games at Etihad, what's the difference? You know, oh. Oh well, they're a good team, but when they go east, interstate, don't worry about it because it's a loss. But they don't dwell on that, and that's what really peed me up the wall. So under the pump this week, Eagles, you need to win, and you need to do it good. And then when we do it, we can just shove it up. If we don't, then we've just got to keep going until we do. Because until we do, you're not going to get that respect from the east. All right. Do we need it? No. Eagles are the best team in the competition. This is not an Eagles problem. This is a Victorian problem. This is an AFL problem. This is a bias competition. You, we are the greatest team in the comp this year, right? We may not win the flag. I'm not confident we're going to win the flag because we are the best team in the comp right now, but you only need to be a good Victorian team. Melbourne's a good team. Hawks are a good team. Richmond are a good team. They're not the best team in the comp, but yet they could win the premiership because that's the way it's struck. And this sounds ridiculous, but if the it was roles were reversed, Fremantle would have premierships. And I know that sounds stupid, but it's also a mind game. It's forget the fact they've only played in one grand final. It's in the Victorian's head that they now have to travel over east or oh, we will have to travel over east where they've got this extra burden that could play in the heads that could be bad now i watched 360s today and they laughed they were hysterically laughing at it they said could you imagine the victorian teams if they were told they had to travel 11 times that year interstate then play it up the stadium in the grand final and they were cacking it because they realized how ridiculous and how much of a joke it is but yet they won't. They don't change it. In fact, they do the complete opposite and sign a new contract. Yeah, and that's just why I said Gillan McLaughlin. I thought it was going to be a good thing for the AFL, and I think he's an easily pushed over. He's influenced by too many people like the Eddie Maguires of the world. Um, every year they've got this big uh, sewing circle team in there to work out where we're going to go with the uh, competition. But it's all directed at. Victoria, and mm. maybe we've got to like it because or lump it, whatever you want to say, because it is. No, I, I don't like it, and it doesn't sit well with me because until I, I don't like it. the fact that the greatest teams aren't winning premierships. Yeah, well, and that's them, exactly what's happening. Until they make it a seventeen-round comp, no one never do it because it's money. Money comes before an even competition. You're never going to get a true reflection of who the better team is. Like you said. Sometimes the best teams don't win the grand final. Uh, win the grand final. Yeah, it's got to go back to Brisbane when they won the grand finals. They finished third or fourth, and that 
That was 20 years ago. And they won the grand final because they were the better team, right? But it sort of like goes against the argument. But Richmond last year, if you had played Richmond and Adelaide at Adelaide Oval... Richmond wouldn't have won, wouldn't have won the grand final. But that that's getting what I'm saying. You have to be a brilliant and great side yep. to win a, a premiership interstate. You only have to be a good side to be yep. winning in Victoria. Yep, well, that's where under the pump is. Might have made some sense, might not have. <laughs> it shows our passion. <laughs> yeah. um, and where we're at. So it's a sore spot for Daniel, that's for sure. It's a sore spot for Mosa, WA that go for the Eagles or even the Dockers. But, hey. Oh, sorry, just a quick shout-out to Matty Lloyd. That guy is just, he's going up so many notches in my book. He's an Essendon player, he's a Victorian, and he keeps bringing this to the agenda. He's saying it's a joke that it's played at MCG, but not only that, he's going as far saying, right, you've done that, you've shafted these interstate clubs. But then he's saying, you're not giving them games at the MCG well, for practice. And like you've mentioned today, there's no game at the MCG this weekend, yep. even though we could play there. Money talks. So, that's, Lloydie. That's all it is. Yeah, big fan of yours, Lloydie. Yeah, I didn't mind Lloydie when he played the Velvet Sledgehammer. But, yeah. Anyway, guys, hopefully you liked our show. I hope you liked a few little uh, segments that we chucked in there. And thanks again to Darren for that. Um Get in touch with us on um, our Next Generation podcast page on Facebook. Uh, ask anything you want. We'll try and answer it for you. Also, there's a West Coast Eagles Next Generation Facebook page. You have to um, apply to go on that. It's a group. It's a closed group. So try and get on that. Um, also, we're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're everywhere. We're on SoundCloud and we're on iTunes. So hopefully you download this from one of those avenues and spread the word, guys. Um, if you know some Eagles mates that haven't listened to this, uh, give them a listen. And thanks to a lot of the people that have sent in messages via Instagram this week saying that they love the show. It's um, very much appreciated because when we put up, me and Dan thought we'd just do it and see how it goes, and we're starting to enjoy this every week. So what do you reckon, Dan? Yeah, I love the feedback, and I, I can't, you know, say this enough. Ask questions, people. Post questions on the pages, and we, we will answer them, you know. We'll get to them, you know. Subject matter, you know. Don't be shy and just you can contribute. Well, tomorrow I'm going to put a nice question on the page. It's going to be a controversial one, so just get on the page with that. And it's too controversial. It. I might not answer it. you to have to answer it. Um, and I think the, it'll be a poll, and I think it'll be 50% each. Anyway, guys, thanks a lot. And download, subscribe, and enjoy the weekend. And let's hope we have a massive win against the Hawks because we need to. Very much so. TNG, thank you.